Kia, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is really, really exciting because I was telling you off air, I know about what you do. Yes. Because of obviously you're online, but I don't fully know. Mm -hmm. So I think this is an opportunity to, for me to discover more about you, but also for, for people who listen to us to equally find out more about you but how are you doing first of all it's very sunny today it is very sunny and i feel like my outfit choice wasn't really conducive to the weather that we've got today like i got told is that a it christmas jumper what is no this is this is actually just a, a jumper that i picked up i like quite graphic tees and stuff so i just want to be a bit more relaxed. i think it looks good for those who are listening it's blue blue it's got like a varsity it's got a varsity feel, feel. Yeah. and we, like we've it. matched the color exactly. blue to there you so everything's just <laughs> everything aligns now before we get into anything you left london i did which is i don't know what how to feel about that why why did you leave us for so long story short, area? i have lived in london all my life born and raised in newham newham's all i've known yeah and then i guess where are we 2021 towards the end of it my dad has said that he wants us to move out he wants to buy any property let's move away from london and this was always in the cards growing up it was all at some point, like, my parents wanted us to move out. You know, they didn't really like being in London, what comes of it. Mm. They wanted to move out. And it just wasn't really the right time. I was in school, then my brother was five years younger than me, then he was in school. So it's like, they don't want to put us out of education. Yeah. But then we got to a point where we're both out of it now. We can move because you can work wherever you want. Yeah. So that was a conversation in 2022 in March. My dad completed on the house that we live in now. So he spent, dad. he spent between March and I want to say October actually doing up the house. And it was an interesting time, you know, because he mm. wasn't living at home, really. So he was, he had pretty much moved to where we live now in Suffolk. And it was me and my brother pretty much home alone in London. Yeah. And then at some point my brother went a couple months later and it was just me home alone oh, wow. for like five months. And I was like, oh, I miss my family. So I'd call them and be like, I miss you guys. And I'd take random trips to go and see them sometimes. And then I finally moved in November. So now I live. So you're Suffolk, what do you call you guys, Suffolk, Suffolkans? Um, I just, I, I live there. Okay. I'm a Londoner at heart, yeah. but I live in Suffolk. And what's the biggest, because this, this has been a thing actually, because yeah. of the house prices, what's going on, more and more people are sort of moving to outskirts of London, I suppose, and then traveling. Like, how, how's that been? It was, I had to find a routine, I'd say at first, because yeah. obviously it's a massive change. And I don't live around a corner from London. Driving on a good day can be about an hour and a half, depending oh, on part Lord. of London. Trains about an hour directly to London Liverpool Street, which is pretty good. Yeah. But nonetheless, I have to figure out what am I doing on that day? Do I need to drive? Where am I going? You know, all those kind of things. So it's not been bad commuting. I do now prefer living out of London. Well, that's breaking news. I know. Why do you prefer living outside of London? Don't get me wrong. Living in London is very convenient. Where I lived, I was right next to the train station. It was very convenient. But there's a lot to be said when, like today, I'm in London. It's all very busy. It's all go. And then I get my train home and I'm in my nice quiet area. Mm. Everything's very serene. There's so much greenery around me. I feel more at peace. Yeah. And I do like retreating back to that. And I feel like I'm like, okay, cool. Even when I do work, like I've got an office space there now where I live and I'm, I'm in that space and I just feel at peace. What happens at 11 p.m. when you want a quick, you know, chicken and chips? I don't, you know, I honestly- <laughs> no, said, no, my preferences changed not, when uh, I No, moved. genuinely, it's really? so crazy. I feel like my whole lifestyle and so you go on walks I, now? And oh, I walk every day. Like it's crazy. I go, wow. on, I go on an intentional walk every day, most days, sometimes I might have a day where I don't, but I go on intentional walks. I go, there's a lot of greenery around. So I go to like local parks or I go and explore a different area from where I live. 
And yeah, it's just a different lifestyle. Like, I can't tell you the last time I ordered takeaway to my house. Really? I can't tell you the last time I picked up takeaway well, to my house. Well, you can't, can you? You can't. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't live in a farm, okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> Send a raven out to get... <laughs> Please, to get, go to away. Get some, um, no, go away. Okay, so you're perfect. You just, you adapted to the place I've adapted you live to now. it and I think I prefer it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Did you say you're a fairy? No, I prefer it. Sorry, oh, right. I thought you always said you're a fairy. No, I, I prefer thought... it now. I prefer it now. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I mean... It's interesting, like I said, a lot of my friends all live in Dartford now, which is crazy. Because mm. when we were younger, if you said we would live somewhere other than when we grew up, where we grew up, sorry. It's weird. It's just it? like, it's no, just, yeah. I'm going to live where I grew up. But it makes a lot of sense to, 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 to live outside now. Part of me wonders, though, everyone's moving out of London. But at some stage, as London expands, I imagine Suffolk will probably become very sort of popular as well for people who are just like your dad thinking of I can get more bang for my buck I can get more money sorry I can buy a better place all that sort of stuff so how long do you think you have until more Londoners flood to do you know I think anyone who's smart is when they're looking to move up London they're going to see what areas and what towns and cities are currently having investment put into it or doing some, some sort of major change where I live in Ipswich there is a lot of investment going into it. They're trying to revamp like the town and all of that mm. stuff. So I think naturally people flocked to places like Dartford and, you know, places in Essex because that was what was going on there. Yeah. And I think naturally people are going to start looking elsewhere. So I reckon maybe a couple of years. I mean, there's really people like my auntie moved up to Ipswich with us. Oh not literally with us. She's got a property herself. But there's been people who are like, oh, you live there. Oh, actually, that's not too bad. That's the funny thing about us. I feel like when we go somewhere... We always bring others. You always. I was it's surprised that my dad convinced his sister to it. come, and now she's like, she literally thirty second walk from us. Yeah. And now it's just like you may bring the rest of the family. Tell his other sisters like, you may as well come as well. May as well. For sure, there will probably be a community <laughs> there soon. Yeah. Um. Now, what's really interesting about yourself is, so I discovered you online as, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but it seems like most people today meet online in yes. some capacity like you kind of see somebody and i saw you doing it was a real talking about personal finance okay. um initially i was skeptical anytime i see finance talk online i just get scared i'm like oh they're gonna send me or sell me a course soon you know but i you know I, I checked it out and everything made sense and i thought to myself what's her journey into this because i'm always curious when you talk about money like i know bola soul you mm-hmm. may you may know as well she's yeah, also a content creator she's you see been on this podcast before um and i'm always curious like what makes you want to talk about money online really good question no it's a really good question i think it what i find interesting about people's journeys is quite often sometimes people will say oh i kind of just fell into it or this is just what start what happened but if you trace it back, there's always little breadcrumbs that led yeah, them to that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when I retrace, when people ask me this and I go back through my journey, I can see the breadcrumbs as how it happened. So to give you a long story very short, when I was in primary school, I was always very entrepreneurial. You know, I always thought when, when I got Did you sell cookies like, and stuff? Oh, we're, we're going to get to the story. <laughs> we're going to get there. Um, but when I was in primary school, so obviously I'm like nine or ten, right? Okay. My parents teach me about money. I was getting pocket money. You know, I was saving my money. My was taking me to the bank, go and put it into your savings account, those kind of things. Yeah. Then I remember one school holidays when I was nine, my mum had taught me how to knit. So I'd gone back into school, you know, September, it's getting a bit breezy. <laughs> I thought I would go in and start selling scarves. Okay. So I'd go in, charge people one pound. They'd pick the colour scarf that they wanted. So I'd have the wool at home. Or I'd go and buy the wool. No way. I'd do my homework. After homework, I'd go and knit the scarf because it's pretty quick to make the scarf. I could do it in an hour or two. Wow. Um, and the next day I bring it into school. And then from there, I realized I could make money. 
and I, I think I also had like this, um, I was known for having like this box, which would just be stuff or stuff maybe I didn't use anymore or I never used. And yeah. I'd bring it in and I sell stuff for 30p, 50p a pound and people would buy it from me. So that was, that's, I got a taste of the money from primary school. <laughs> then secondary school, that my first so, week, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I know. I was, I, was just, I was just into the money. Okay. And then in my first week of secondary school, uh, I had seen the older girls because we had two playgrounds. I went to an all-girls school. Yeah. We had two playgrounds. And I saw the older girls selling cookies. And I was like, girl, this is, this is juicy. <laughs> but I had no money, right? Because my money's in my savings account. I didn't mm. have anything like that. So I remember going home I remember asking some people, how do they do it? Where they buy it from? Figured all out. Went home, sat my parents down, like Dragon's Den. And I said, I'm pitching to you. I need £5 <laughs> investment. I'm going to start selling cookies. This is how I'm going to do it. Told my dad, you'll get your investment back tomorrow. I'm that sure of it. You'll get it back tomorrow. You're £5 they, investment. they ask if it's like allowed? Yeah. And I said it wasn't. But, you know, I said <laughs> it is what it is. And I just said, and so my parents stipulated, like, you can do it. But if you get caught we're not backing you basically. So if you get I in trouble, that. you're in trouble with us too. And I was like, that's a risk I'm willing to take. I'll take it. So my dad gave me my five pounds. I went to Sainsbury's, bought my cookies, <laughs> sold all of them. And I made 25 pounds, gave my dad his five pound back and that started my empire. And it literally was an empire. I'm not even exaggerating. No way. So for two years, it was just me alone selling to the different places. And I think at my height. Sell trader for a bit. Yeah, I was a sell trader, <laughs> but I wasn't paying taxes though. But um, I think at my height, I was making something like profit wise, I was making something like £75 a week profit. No way. Ridiculous. Which at is like, mad. Like, like when 12, you're 13, like it's ridiculous. Wow. It's crazy. And then when I got to year nine, so what, you're like 13, 14, I had employees. Yep, I had three employees, I believe who would run around. So I'd give them a couple packets to go to different playgrounds and go sell to these people and at lunchtime go and sell. And then that just doubled the amount of money I was taking home. What, and what did you give them in return? Just cookies? Yep. Wow. I mean, I asked them what they wanted. People need to learn how to negotiate. That's what I'm saying. I said, I said to them, what do you want? And they said, because I'm thinking they might say, okay, I want some money. I want like 20 pounds or 10 Oh, pounds. ridiculous. Not 20 pounds. Let's be real. Okay. Let's be real. <laughs> but I want to give them something. No, I'm a monopolist. You sound, you sound like a cabinet. <laughs> you sound like a pure cabinet. They should have organized and formed a union. I know. They should have. That was their own. I'm so sorry. I gave everyone. Everyone has free, free choice. They decided. That is so funny. They decided that they all want a cookie each, every day. So I just gave them one cookie which cost me like, what, five pound a week? That's nothing. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you a guy the cookie a day. And I'm yeah. making loads of money to the point where, because uh, I think sometimes you miss a perspective. In year seven, now I know this is a long time ago, so please just stay with me here. Yeah. In year seven, iPhones have been released a year prior. The first ever iPhone. Then the iPhone 3G got released the same year I was selling. I was the first person in my year to have an iPhone 3G. Wow. So I bought myself an iPhone 3G. And then a year or two later, Blackberries were the thing. But I had an iPhone. And I remember being like 13, telling everyone, guys, download WhatsApp. It's on Blackberry. Like you can get it from the app store. Everyone's like, what's WhatsApp? We're not going to use that. Nah, we're using Blackberry Messenger. So I went and bought myself a Blackberry as well. So I had two phones because I, I didn't want to miss out. But that's, that's the level of money I had. I see. I made a lot of money. I see. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then we, we get to sixth form, studied economics, really loved it. Again, it further enhanced my yeah. desire to learn about money. And then I guess it got to university and you, I expected, I moved out of, of, of home, sorry. And I expected a lesson on money. Yeah. Especially in your first week, they teach you about what uni's like, they teach you about this and your course. And I expected something about budgeting or bills or something. And it never came. Mm. Even I, I was lucky I had the knowledge, but I realized a lot of my friends were just winging it. And I had a couple of friends who, fell foul to fraudsters. One friend had lost something like 9K wow. to a fraudster. 
all the savings that her parents have been saving for all her life, they'd taken it all and she had nothing left over. And I think that's what propelled me to start talking about money online. I was like, people our age need to hear and understand how to manage money because this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. We should be taught it, but we're not. And the people who you tap onto YouTube are middle-aged white men who look nothing like us. They're not from the ends. They don't understand what that looks like. I'm not saying you have to be from the ends, but I'm like, representation matters. So I wanted to be someone online who's from that demographic. I'm, I've lived the life that you've lived. I understand some of the nuances and what you're going through, but this is what you need to do with your money. So good. And that's kind of- I love that. Yeah. I love what you're doing because one, what started as you sort of, as you said, you know, no one exists. Let me kind of fill the space a tiny bit has led to thousands of people sort of following, being interested in learning and and you'll never get to meet everybody. This is the thing about this whole podcast or content or online world is you never really get to meet everybody who's impacted. Everyone who's like, who has their bank account open whilst they're listening to be like, okay, cool, let me, let me sort my life out. So it's just beautiful to see. I also love the fact that online, you never really see people in color, people just mm -hmm. pop up, right? Yeah. And you see someone pop up and then they start saying things and within a few seconds, your brain's trying to work out, is this person real? Are they legit? Do they know what they're saying? All that sort of stuff. But you just saying what you did there, it just gave more color to what you do, right? So people understand you're not just a random person talking about mm -hmm. money online, there's a journey. One thing you said though, that's so for me crazy is, why isn't personal finance taught in school? Because I've racked my brains for a while and I, I have some ideas, but I would love to hear yours. Like why is personal finance not taught in schools? I think there's different reasons and I've had the same thing. I've, I've over the years, because people always pose that question to me, it should be taught in schools, why is it not? And I think the only conclusion that I can somewhat come up with, and I'm not saying it's a massive conspiracy of anything, but I think if you think about it, Hey there, just want to say thank you for listening or for watching uh, this podcast. Uh, we have a great desire to grow this podcast. And one of the ways we're going to do that is if you listening, uh, follow, or if you are watching, you subscribe to the podcast. The faster it grows, um, the more guests we can get, but also the better the podcast gets. So please just do me a favor, hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Um, back to the episode. We have banks and financial institutions who profit from people's financial illiteracy. Mm. So when I say this, there are people who take out things like pay their loans and don't understand interest, don't understand what they've taken out. Yeah. And now you have loan sharks after you who were benefiting because they're taking extra money from you in interest or to repossess your stuff or whatever that is. Credit card providers are benefiting from people taking out a load of credit running it all the way up, not understanding a way to pay it back mm. and now paying back over years and years. And you might have borrowed two grand to begin with and now by the end of it, you've paid back eight grand. They've now, they've profited six grand, right? Mm. So people's financial illiteracy benefits society to a degree. Do I think it's a massive conspiracy and the government doesn't want anyone to understand? I'm, I, I, I'm not saying that. I just think there are some benefits to people not knowing because if everyone knew, obviously everyone has free will. Some people can know and still decide to not manage money properly or to run up debts or whatever. Yeah. It's everyone's prerogative. But people not knowing means that people will misuse stuff or will abuse stuff just because they just don't know. Mm. Like I have, I have people that I, I've met over the years um, who have had thousands and thousands of pounds worth of debt at 20. And I'm not talking student loan debt, I'm talking personal debt. What are they buying? 
one person I know got a business loan, but they got a business loan because they wanted, they just needed money in general. They got a 10 grand business loan. I had no way to pay it back. But I was like, you shouldn't have gotten a business loan to begin with. Did they get this during lockdown or something? Because they were, no, way before. They no, were no, chucking this, out loans. I know they then. were, but way before that. But even that in itself, that provider, that was negligent of them. But mm. it wasn't because they got money back in interest, right? I, I think it swings around about, but I think my main thing is that a lot of institutions do profit from people's illiteracy because once you know and you wise up, you're not going to use a credit card unless yeah. you have a means to pay it back or you're not going to take out an overdraft and live in it forever because you understand how overdrafts work. So I, th- I that's why I personally think, but it's interesting to hear what you're... No, thinking. I mean, I, I don't know, to, to cut a long story short, mainly because it strikes me as such common sense, like the fact that, you know... I remember like being younger, getting to university and just having like 5K in my account. And literally before that, my account was dormant. Yeah. That account was for 20 pound here and there, 15 pound, yeah. right? So, so from, man- from managing all my, all my 15 pound deposits to having 5K and being like, what on earth do Crazy. I do with this? You know, I remember buying Hirachis. That was the first thing I bought. Like, the, <laughs> the, was it Adidas or Nike? Whatever they are. Um, and then it was just, oh, so much Domino's. Ooh, you know, first really? year uni was just Domino's, Domino's, left, right and centre. And I just thought to myself, why wouldn't someone tell me, Mike, you're about to have 5K in your account. Here's how you should mm-hmm. manage it. I never got that. And I just find that crazy. I suppose maybe people think it's for parents to to kind of talk about but the issue is issue is if you're from low e- low income mm. family chances are you, the parents aren't like super financially literate anyways they're not aware of sort of some of the benefits or th- ways they can arrange their money to, to go further so they often pass on sometimes bad financial advice so you kind of have this sort of i remember when i was younger and, and to be honest i actually had to curtail this not too long ago i think my mindset around money was if I need it, I'll just, I'll make it. Like, I'll just get it. Mm. Rather than managing or pension, like all that stuff, I only recently started. I was mm. always like, if I need money, there's always a way to, make, always it. A way to make it. You know, I just have to hustle a bit, work a bit harder. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I, I asked AI to generate some interesting financial scenarios, which I'm, I'm going to post to you okay. later on. Okay. But, but still on this still, I would love to hear a story of like someone who you've met that like and, and what they shared with you about their, their sort of financial situation just so people because i think people listening to this some sometimes people's butts are clenched sometimes because they're like oh my god my, my finances aren't the way it should be i don't manage money properly it would be nice for you to give an example of somebody who who you know not have to give him any name mm-hmm. who shared an experience with you just so we can have an experience to talk about that hopefully yeah. will help everyone just relax a bit and go okay yeah there's other people out there who who are <laughs> No, I'm just trying to think of a good story. Um, yeah, I, I think, like you said, it's important to know that you're not alone. Mm. And I, before I say anything, I just want to emphasise that it's not a bad thing and we're not condemning anyone who's no. in any kind of financial straits. But I think it is important to emphasise that. Um, I think there was there was someone I, I knew who, the business loan that I mentioned earlier, who got out that business loan. And um, at the time, I had no idea it was a business loan. Mm. I just thought, wow, they've got money. And I didn't know how much it was. I just said, wow, they're coming to money. Um, and I remember I was getting, it was my birthday, I got a really expensive gift from them. And I said, I cannot accept this. Like, I, <laughs> I, no, I, like I physically, we are both the same age and I could not get you this. Really? So I cannot accept this gift from you. But they insisted. Um, it was, I was doing graphic design at the time, so it was to aid that. But yeah, some of the people that I encountered when I was at university do you know what? There's a good one. There's one person that I knew at university and they had a great car. 
I've mentioned okay. before, they had a, a great car. At that point, I passed. I passed when I was like 17, but I didn't have a car, couldn't afford a car at university. They had a great car. Mm. I remember getting in a car and thinking, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're riding. <laughs> You're riding in this car. And then I found out um, from someone who's closer to them that their situation with their car, it was on finance, but their situation was that they couldn't miss a single shift of work. They couldn't miss a single shift. Like you, they, wow. they couldn't, they physically could not afford to be sick. And it was that kind of shift work where it's not like you get sick pay, you don't have any of that. Like you have to come into wow. work. But their finance was so high that if they missed one shift at work, they would be like, oh my gosh, I can't afford my car this month. And I think that in itself, when I heard that, I was like, why didn't I just sell it? Like I, I could never have an asset that is on me that much that I can't even afford. Like I'm sick. You wake up sick, feeling horrible and you feel like you've got to go to work mm. because you have to make money for this car. But I think there's a lot of people in that situation because they were just thinking, great car, I can get approved for it. Yeah, let me be, I'm 20. Let me just go and ride. I've got this nice car. Everyone's going to look at me. And they were right. Everyone yeah. was looking at him. But when you actually get down to it, eventually they did sell their car. But when you get down to it, it's like, but who was putting themselves on that financial burden? I remember there was one point where they were, they were sick. Mm. and they dragged themselves they were throwing up at work but they had to go and work yeah it's just horrible I'm like when you're like that you should be at home but you, you don't ever want to put yourself in that financial under that financial stress yeah that you feel like you have to do this that's, any a, kind of, uh, that's crazy yeah any kind of <laughs> asset or anything you've got should be comfortable enough yeah, that yeah. A you've got some sort of fallback fund so if I am sick if something does happen if I lose my job I've got X amount worth to cover it for the next two three months right yeah. if, if I had no income coming in and B, that you don't actually need to work to be able to have that asset. You should be able to work as like, oh yeah, it's just a part of my income. Like, yeah, cool, I've got this car in finance, but it's only a small percentage of my income. Mm. So I think, yeah, that was that was a really big one. When I was that's a really, I mean, and again, I didn't pay to say that one, but that's a really good one. Cause that leads me on to something I was gonna ask you, which is about, you know, your platform and the work you do is all about helping people think smarter about their money, managing it well, thinking just generally about, I mean, I went on your, on your website and saw some of the articles on there as well about sort of side hustling and mm -hmm. just sort of just thinking more, turning pennies to pounds, yes. I suppose is, yes. is like a, I don't know if that's your catchphrase, but I feel like it should be there somewhere. No? Do you know what? It's not. Do you know who's, who's used it though recently? Tesla Who? uses it. Really? Yeah. Did you get it copyrighted? No. Penny's but not, not that not phrase. The phrase. Not the phrase. Yeah. Um, but no, the reason why I think it's so key is because, like I said, the people, a lot of people who listen to this, we have a wide audience, right? But there are a good cohort of young professionals who finish university maybe or maybe get an apprenticeship. They land a big job, mm -hmm. you know, this 40K and like, yes, nice. Important to know, you know, and we'll get into this later on, but like 40K sounds great until you just kind of drill it down to take home so pay. Take home and you're pay like, is, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so let's yeah. say it's now like, okay, one point, I don't know, eight or 2K that mm -hmm. you take home. Let's just say that. Very quickly, a lot of people, a lot of people's outgoings, i.e. what they spend, pretty much gets to sort of 1.8. Mm -hmm. So in terms of money they actually have as a sort of something they can use later on, mm -hmm. it's only really... 200 pounds mm -hmm. so what would you say to people in that sort of scenario who are sort of they're making money they've got a job they're happy however in terms of the money they make it's it's literally pretty much equal to to, to um what they spend i think in that scenario you either need to do one or two things you need to evaluate your outgoings yeah 
or you need to evaluate your lifestyle. It's one of the two things, because something's going to have to give. It's not feasible, and especially in your 20s and your 30s, those should be the years where you're enjoying yourself, mm. and you shouldn't feel like you're using all of your excess income, your disposable income, towards just living. So something needs to give you. You need to say, right, I'm going to cut back on my lifestyle mm. to be able to afford the, the necessary bills I need to cover, or I need to see where I can cut back on. Maybe it is, I, I know obviously when you live in London, accommodation is quite expensive, but maybe it is figuring out, can I get cheaper accommodation? Can I move home? Not everyone has that ability to move home, but if you can, is that something I can do? Can I move in with friends and I can, we can share the bills? Maybe I'm living by myself and I just, it's just a lot of money. Yeah. I think it is figuring that out because one thing, as much as on pennies pounds, I always push and talk about managing your money, planning for the future. I am still very much so a big believer that we are young and you're only young once. So you should be able to have fun and enjoy. You should be able to go out and see your friends and yeah. go to Malta and have fun, whatever that enjoyment looks like for you. I believe you should do it because the, the last thing you want to do is look back at your twenties and you, you know, if you want to have kids, your kids ask you, mom, dad, what did you do when you were 20 something? And you say, oh, so working a great job in London, but I was just, I didn't really go out much. I didn't really see my yeah, friends much, yeah. I didn't go anywhere because I was paying so much towards this, that, and the third. And it's like, there needs to be a healthy balance. So you need to kind of figure out, I think for people, especially who live in a big major city, accommodation is the big strain on their finances yeah. because that takes a massive chunk. When I see rental prices in London, I'm just like, I could never. Yeah, because some people earn 2.5K every month and their rent is 1.9, which is, Crazy. I mean, it's you, that's your money gone yeah. as it were. But. It, the difficulty, I guess, with what you're saying or someone who's listening to this might say, well, I don't know how, if I can cut back any more. Mm. Like, you know, I, I take, like I said, I take home 2,000 pounds. I spend 1,700. Like, what is the, basically, do I need to just move houses and get somewhere cheap? Is that sort of the... Then, then I guess the alternative would be if you can't come back, cut back to actually have more money, then you need to figure out a way to generate more income. And I think there is a lot of emphasis on side hustles at the moment. And I'm a big believer of side hustles. I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Well, it's in primary school. But it's, it's just a great way to have extra income that you yeah. can play with. If you know that, right, from my nine to five, I only have an extra 600 pound, like you mentioned, left over. Mm. And that is not feasible for your lifestyle. You need to figure out how much extra do I need to be comfortable? Not to have, not to splash the cash every month, but to actually be comfortable. Do I need an extra 200 pounds? Cool. What can I do to raise that money? Yeah. And I think people sometimes think they need to start a whole business. I'm not telling you you've got to go and sell something and create this, but there's probably things that you could monetize. Like you might be great at writing, so you can now offer your services that way. There's some people who are great with organization skills and they're great yeah. with emails. There's, everyone's got some sort of skill that they could monetize and that could bring you in couple of extra hundred pounds every single month. So maybe it is looking on the flip side and saying, okay, cool. I'm going to try and generate an extra 200 pound a month through doing X, Y, Z thing. People have great voices. I wish I did. And you could go and do voiceovers with people. You that, know, you, no, you sing. Oh, no, there we no, go. No, no, okay, no. I want to drill down into this, that equation, right? Making more, spending less, yes. how you sort of balance both to ensure you can have the kind of life you want to have, yes. essentially. Hey there, just want to say thank you for listening or for watching uh, this podcast. Uh, we have a great desire to grow this podcast. And one of the ways we're going to do that is if you listening, uh, follow 
or if you are watching, you subscribe to the podcast. The faster it grows, um, the more guests we can get, but also the better the podcast gets. So please just do me a favor, hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Um, back to the episode. Let's drill yes. in yes. to this sort of um, that equation you spoke about, right? Because yeah. I'm no financial advisor. Let's make it that very clear. Mm-hmm. But it does strike me as the two ways to have a budget that makes sense as one to think about income. Yeah. So what's coming in and then to think about what's going out and to reduce that. What do you think people find it harder to do to make more money or to kind of like actually save more money? Mm, that's a good question. I think often, I think in my experience, probably making more money mm. is slightly harder because people people sometimes just think about the traditional means. You know, if I'm gonna make more money, I'm gonna get another job, obviously, because that's how yeah. you make money. People don't always consider alternative methods of generating income. It is just, you know, you're raised to go and get a job, go out there. If you want more money, you're gonna negotiate a high salary or you're gonna move some of a better salary and then you got more money. You're not really taught about different ways that you can go and do online surveys, you can do focus groups, you can do all kinds of things to generate more income. So I think people find it hard to say, okay, well, where do I start? Yeah. And what's gonna fit me? Because again, I have a lot of conversations with people who say, well, Kia, I work six hours a week. Like, I don't have the time yeah. to do another Six hours thing. a week or day? Six hours, sorry. 60 hours a week. Okay, excuse me, that's a lot of time. I know, <laughs> like, Kia, I work 60 hours a week. Like, yeah. I don't have the time to pick up another job, to do something that's gonna be so time, you know, demanding of me. But there are things like, I've been doing focus groups for as long as I can remember. What does that mean? So it's essentially where there are different platforms that you can sign up to, but there are brands who maybe are trialing a new thing and they will come to a certain platform and say, we need X amount of people to test out our thing and give them, give us a review of what they think of this thing. And you'll get paid for your time. Okay. Is it good so, pay? What sort yeah, of- so to give you context, I did one for what was what is now Brickbox. Okay. But at the time didn't know what it was. And I went down, um, did like a I think it was like an hour. Just giving them that they showed me feedback, like, what do you think about this? This is the website, what do you think about that? Blah blah blah. And I believe I got paid something like seventy five, eighty pounds for it. So for an hour, you can't really go wrong with that. And I just mm. go straight into your bank account and that's eighty pounds that you didn't have before for an hour every time. Wow. Which is and if you do like what four or five of those, that's what I'm trying to say. And now you, that's extra income mm. on the side if you've got some time on a weekend because I think that was like a weekend one because I was working. Just pop in there, do one hour, and I'm like, oh, brilliant, done. But I wonder though, with someone like yourself, I mean, obviously you can give as much info as you want. What motivates you to try and get an extra seventy pounds? Because for a lot of people, I guess they're just like, so I'll do that. But it's like you know when they when you do those things when they're like, oh, if you fill out like this survey. You, you might be able to win 50 pounds. And I'm just like, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? No, I get, but but I what, you. what I think, motivates you to go? I'm going to use this hour on my weekend for an extra 70 quid. I think it depends on what you're doing it for. I think everything is down to what is your ultimate aim, mm. right? Because there are people who will go and work at football stadiums and will do it once a month and wake up at 4 a.m. to do it. And some people might say, I would never do that. What, for an extra 50 pounds? Never. But that's just because you may not have the goal and the motivation that's gonna push you to wake up at 4 a.m. and go yeah. and do it. So 70, 80 pounds may not seem like a lot of money to someone, but you do that, like you said, you do that four times a month, times up by the rest of the year. That's an extra chunk of change that you didn't have for an yeah, hour yeah, of time, yeah. which I think is great. Some people don't get paid 80 pounds an hour yeah. and you've got paid that to do a focus group. So I think it just all depends on what your motivations are. Do you need extra cash 
what is it for? What are you saving towards? Can that get you there quicker? People are saving for their first property and on their income alone, it might take them five years. You pick up a side hustle, now you can do it three and a half years. Yeah. So it strikes me as what's super key for what you're saying is there needs to be some sort of goal. There's always some and sort I think of I, but, but the thing, I think most, most people don't have a goal. They just have a sort of, I want to make more money because yeah. more money is always good. Yeah. But there isn't a sort of a house, a proposal, a, you know, there's no sort of thing in sight. And, and maybe that's why it's hard to make concessions or savings because you're just going for it and you're just thinking the more I have, the merrier. Yeah. But then if if the go is the more I have the merrier, all it takes is being hungry one day and before you know it, you're just like, Yeah, I'll get some Chinese. Yeah, exactly. But I think <laughs> I think the goal keeps you on track. Like if you put it into anything, yeah. People go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And no, even better, New Year's resolutions. People oh, do it every God. single year, say, This year I'm gonna she, be She fit. should have given the trigger warning before you I mentioned have, I know, New I know, Year's I know. resolutions New Year's at the at the, at the, mid, at the midpoint of the year. <laughs> but people always do it. People say, This year I'm gonna get fit. I'm gonna be so yeah, fit yeah, this yeah. year. And Gyms always say it. They have a massive uptake at the beginning of the year, maybe for January, maybe into mid-Feb, yeah. and then it drops off again. It just tells us to the people who were dedicated. Why? Because the people who go there just say, I want to be fit. There's no end goal. There's no end vision. It's just like, yeah, I told myself I'm going to be fit, so now I'm going to do it. But the reason why they can't be consistent is because they don't have a goal in mind. They don't have, I'm trying to reach this dream body. I want to be able to run 5K. Whatever their goal is, they don't yeah. have that. And it's the same with your finances. If you're saying, I'm going to save, I've been told I need to save, you're gonna dip into your savings because you're not disciplined enough to say, I want to get a car. The car that I want is gonna cost me five grand. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm gonna put in every bit of money and where, yes, I could have gotten this takeaway that would have cost me 20 pounds, but now I got 20 pounds out of my savings. I'm not gonna do that. Mm. Those are people who are gonna be disciplined because they have a goal in mind. So I think if you're someone who is at a loss and says, I want more money for more money's sake, have a goal. It can, the goal can be anything. You could say next year's DLT motor. I want to be there. And that's going to be my goal. Yeah, no, and you can open is, up a pot for you can it. A pot, and put just... a picture of the DLT logo and say, that's what I'm saving for. Whatever you, <laughs> or save is, for a common sense subscription. I'm joking, that, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but joking. honestly, I think it's just, it's just to emphasize, the yeah. goal doesn't have to be anything so serious like a property. It can just be enjoyment. Yeah. But the goal helps you stay on track. So having some sort of goal will help you to say, right, I'm making more money. It's 80 pounds going towards my motor fund next year. Yeah. Now you're like, Actually, let me do a focus group now. Yeah, yeah that I want to have fun in multi. I don't want to worry about money. And actually, you build a muscle even if you're saving for that. So when you're saving for something or more it's important easy. disciplines, there. Now, on that sort of saving, say category, I think another thing that seems to that seems to hold people back when it comes to making sort of savings again is just comparisons and sort of people who do go to Malta for a party or who do concerts and you're like, even though I'm not into that, it seems as though I have to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very careful about who I follow on social media, very careful, because I take in a lot, but somehow, sometimes debates still un end up on my timeline with yeah. this stupid for you tab. I think it's the thing that's yes, really ruined yes. my life. But I see debates about salaries often mm -hmm. as well on Twitter or or money stuff or yeah. how much you should have. And, and I guess, or how much you, you should be enjoying or you should be able to spend, you know, dates should cost this much. Yeah. And you see all these sort of things. I mean, how big a degree do you think that is in, in, in having people spending more as well? Because they just are endlessly comparing themselves and their lifestyle choices to people who apparently are millionaires in disguise. I think comparison is the biggest thief of joy and it's the biggest thief of people's finances, mm. 100%. Because you look online and you might think, oh, do you know what I'm doing all right? You know, maybe it's my first job and I'm just getting into my career. I've, you know, I've got, my salary's okay, but I'm gonna, 
you know, I'm just going to save my money, be a bit more conservative. Yeah. Then you log in on Twitter and you see people <laughs> doing up enjoyment. You see people saying they should cost a minimum of 300 pounds. And you're like, geez, maybe I should be doing that. So, okay, I can't do it with my finances. Now I'm going to go and get an overdraft so I can actually do what people said that they do. Yeah. The, the, the thing that everyone needs to remember, everyone is playing a role, okay? The people who said that they spent 300 pounds on a date, yeah? Take me out. I'll tell you what they spent. I'll tell you what they spent because I guarantee you it is not that. Yeah. And people say they've got this, that, and the third. I've spoken to people who online would say, yeah, I only wear designer, this, this, that. I speak to them, it's fake. So now you're here racking your brain, get yourself into debt because you're watching people online say, and their one isn't even real. Or people who say they do X, Y, Z, they've got this car, and you see a picture of them in this car. The car was rented for the day. But now that, you've got that, that, do you know what's crazy? As a younger person, I was really into rap growing up, right? And then obviously my friends started rapping and they're still friends rapping now who ought to stop. But that's another conversation for another yeah. day. You know, still rapping. I believe in people chase, chasing their dreams. So I, I want to walk that back. Sorry, if you're listening to me, <laughs> I'm sorry. You rap to your heart's delight. Anyways, I remember one of my friends was recording a um, one of these songs thing, <clears throat> music videos. I remember, I remember I saw like on, was it Snapchat at the time? Whatever it was, him sort of record, showing the behind the scenes. And I saw this car and I was like, whoa. I was like, bro, that's a nice car. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's rented. Like, it's just for the shoot. And I thought to myself, do you other rappers rent it for the oh, shoot? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's just, yeah. that's just. When I say my young mind was blown. Mm -hmm. So I thought all those videos I saw, I just naively yeah. thought everybody had like, those cars and had those watches and everything was theirs, not realizing that, as you said, it was just rented because they're just making a movie. Like, why would you buy a car to make a movie? And that's what I think to myself, but I've been heralding, like I've literally put that image up of that rapper and that car as my goal, not realizing that even they don't drive that car. So the whole smoke and mirrors thing, and I'm not even saying like everyone's nefarious with it, but it's just that when you're, as you said, playing a role or portraying an image online, it seems kind of futile, futile for me to compare myself to something that's not even real. Exactly. But, but, we, but people still do it all the time. People still do it all the time because I think sometimes you lose sense of reality. Social media has done a good job of blurring the lines mm. of what's real and what's not. So you see everything online and you assume that it must be real because it's online. Yeah. This, this influencer that they've got this, it must be true. They're living this high life and they fly out every month and they're just splashing the cash. Oh, there's gifted trips as well, which there's I didn't gifted. know was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the I saw that on TikTok. Trips. Someone's like, someone asks his influencer, how, oh, how expensive is that area? And they're like, oh, it's, it's a gifted trip. Yeah. And I said, oh. Yeah. The, the, these <laughs> things, obviously, now, now uh, uh, some of my content's moving into the, the travel space now. Oh, come on now. Um, so, yeah, a lot of these things, and now I'm in this kind of, like, more influencer space, I guess. I'm seeing what people were deeming to be like, oh, my gosh, they're living a high life. And even some of my friends would be like, you were here, I can't believe it. And I'm like, guys, the brand paid for it. Like, don't sit here and think that half the people that you watch online are splashing their own money. Yeah. But you're trying to replicate it because you see that influencer do it. And I'm like, yeah, w when you put stuff into perspective, you're like, oh, okay, cool. And I feel like I was never all, never really taken by people like that. Cause I always said, my finances are my finances. And at the end of the day, if I get a car, because I saw someone get a car, 
I need to make sure that I have the means to pay for it. And I'm not going to get myself into debt just because I saw an influencer do it. That's it. And an influencer, because sometimes you, you see people do it, you've now copied and then they'll say, oh, I got rid of it because it's too expensive. This is now it. Now you're here with that <laughs> same expensive asset, you got it. And they sold it because it's too expensive. <laughs> and now you're here for the, ah, you like you being, it. You feel like you've been conned. Yeah. You know what's so funny as well? Like Even if you buy something that's nice, I mean, this is something that changed the game for me in terms of like living for approval and things like this. I remember, uh, was it a mentor? I just remember someone telling me that like people are very selfish. So if you are online with a nice car or a nice watch or you're, or you're just showing off something that you're proud of, when people look at you, they don't look at it and go, oh, wow, Mike's wearing this nice watch. He's so cool. They, they almost never do that. They imagine themselves wearing the watch. Mm -hmm. That's all they ever do. Mm -hmm. So they don't, they don't somehow look at you and give you brownie points. They just... Put, they just pluck you out of the car, put themselves in it, and then, <laughs> and then in their head, they want to be in it. Yeah. And even if they do happen to meet you in person and they see the car, you might get a really nice car, bro, but then that's it. They won't keep telling you every week. That would be odd if someone's like, nice car again, nice car. So if you spend £60,000 on a car for someone to tell you once, nice car, you're about to be very disappointed very when disappointed. the 29th payment comes out of your account. And you go... Ah. No one's like no one's even cares yeah, anymore. No like, everyone's now anymore. used to this car. It's, it's normal. Now, people open it up and slam doors <laughs> like it's nothing. People believe in gum in the back. Yeah. People believe Hey there, just want to say thank you for listening or for watching uh this podcast. Uh we have a great desire to grow this podcast. And one of the ways we're gonna do that is if you listening uh follow or if you are watching, you subscribe to the podcast. The faster it grows, um, the more guests we can get, but also the better the podcast guests. So please just do me a favor, hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Um, back to the episode. You know, <laughs> Leaving the rappers is just nothing. This is it. And so it's it's the, that piece of just being content with what you have, cutting your, well, there's all these phrases I'm going to butcher. Was it cutting your, cutting you know, you're, you're, cutting, you're a yeah, no, seamstress. Cutting, <laughs> cutting your cloth to, to, according to, to your size yeah, or something yeah, like that. According to, according to your size. According to your like, size, yeah. these sort of things, living within your means, not keeping up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. That really, I think would help a lot of us with financial things yeah. to just kind of say, oh, that's not part of my financial plan. Not that I can't afford it, but it's just not part of my financial plan. Yeah. Um, that would really change. Okay, let's move on to the next half then, which is making more money, which I know people might, that is may perk up like, hmm, finally. So <laughs> <laughs> like all this stuff you've been talking about, it's nice, but let's get to the matter. Okay, so you, you've mentioned already kind of sign up for focus groups, but should people do kind of side hustles? Mainly because a lot of people's jobs are already very, you know, stress-inducing, tiring, when they get free time, shouldn't they just sort of, like, as you said as well, like enjoy their life? Doesn't having all these side hustles and side, doesn't just add more stress where maybe they, they don't want that stress? So what I'd say to this is absolutely, I believe I'm a very big believer on self-care, looking after yourself, taking care of your mental health, physical health, all of that, right? It's very important. But I saw a stat the other day that don't quote me on the exact number. It's something like, in terms of young people, I think it's 18 to 24 year olds. Something like 51% of them experience financial anxiety. And, and what's, what's financial anxiety? So they're anxious about their money, whether it's where the next paycheck's coming from, how okay. they're gonna cover their bills, whatever that looks like, right? So it's over half of that, mm. um, percent, that, that group, that age group. And I think when you look at that, yes, I agree that people need to rest and relax, but by that metric, over half of young people are stressing about money in some way, shape or form. And a lot of it is to do with, we're in a cost of living crisis. A lot of it is to do with 
where is the next paycheck coming from? Mm. How am I going to be able to afford my bills? Rent's gone up, bills have gone up, subscriptions have gone up, my income stayed the same. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. So some people physically cannot relax. Some people, they go to bed at night thinking about money. They wake up thinking about money. Some people just can't sleep anymore. So I think, although, like, and I want to caveat this with, obviously, do your own research, whatever is going to fit you. If you can figure out a chunk of time, if that's three hours in a month, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. Yeah. But I do think personally that having a side hustle or another stream of income is advantageous to the majority of people. Yeah. Because extra income gives you more flexibility, gives you more freedom to be able to do more with your money. Mm. And like I said, everything else is going up, but your income staying the same. Or you might have had you might have had a two percent pay rise, but your bills have gone up by eight percent. What are you gonna something, do? Something something's got to give, right? Something has to give. Yeah. So if you can't bring down, if if you like you said, you've cut down everything to the bare minimum, like you've cut down every no extra Netflix, expense. no. You know what I mean? You're, you're sharing with your friend now, just so you can cut everything down, whatever that looks like. And you've said, right, I've literally cut everything down. The only other option is to now try and generate some more. Mm. And like I said, I mentioned focus groups earlier, but there are, there's a whole host of different things. Yeah, so what, what are some of the best ways that you think young professionals, people who have a job that is demanding, they enjoy it, but they just like, you know what, I, I do need to make a bit more money on the side. What are some, I mean, I have to know all of them, but what are some of the good ones that you're like, okay, this, this is something I've heard work for someone else? So I think to tie in with focus groups, doing surveys, I've done mm. a lot of surveys before. Some of them don't generate a lot of cash, but it's just, it's an easy thing to sit down and do surveys. And I'm not talking about the ones where it's like, you could win. I mean, surveys will actually pay you. Like you okay, complete cool. survey and we'll pay you X amount, wherever that amount is, right? Mm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, finding what you're good at and selling that as a service. So for example, when I first started out doing pennies to pounds, I am great at content creation. That is my strength. I'm good at communicating. I'm good at public speaking. I am the most unorganized person ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be real. You were on time today. No, I'm, I'm on so time. So that was good. I'm on time, but in terms of like emails and okay, doing sort all of that, admin. Yeah, admin. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Like people have to double email me sometimes because I'm just not. I'll read it and I'll forget to reply. So that isn't great. I have mm. a business to run. Being like that is not, but it's not my strength. So I found someone who was good at emails and they, I literally paid them to manage my emails. So it's all kinds of things. It's, that's not really demanding. They have my emails on their phone. So as and when they have free time, they pop me pop over an email, let me know what it is, and it, that's cool. Yeah. I have people who, I have someone who helps me with my podcast and they help me scheduling guests alongside their nine to five. And that is, you know, it's not too much work for them. And that's extra money that they get. There's all kinds of things that you can monetize to bring in extra cash. Mm. And even myself, when I started out, because I put up a social media platform, I've worked with a number of brands on a consulting basis or freelance basis, helping social media. So that's just more money. And did you just put yourself forward for that? Like, hey, I could do this by the no, way. No, it's. Well, I mean, you can. For me, it's just proof, proof yeah. of concept. Like you can see that I've done it. And they're like, oh, okay, would you like to come in three months and work for us? And now I'm like, oh, God, I should chunk of change. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah. Why not? Do you, know, do you know what I think is standing out, which is also kind of, you've said already from your, when you were a student, say, um, is you have to spot opportunities yes. and put yourself out there to try and, because like even what we're doing here, if someone came on the side and said, you know what? Um, I can't do all the social media stuff, but I can edit the main episode of the podcast like really easily because I learned how to edit one weekend. You know, give me like thirty pound for it. I'm still kind of getting started. Whatever, I would bite their hand off tomorrow yeah, and be like, exactly. yeah, take it like, exactly. easily. So, 
and that's thirty pounds. That yeah, you're like it's not that deep, but like, hey, that's money. thirty pound that's a money. week for two hours work. That's like kind of like fun for you, yeah. and that, and that has a a tail a long tail because you don't have a portfolio for if you want to work with a bigger um, podcast organization one day that says you know what have you done and exactly. so it's I think it's just being sort of on it and yeah. have an initiative. The difficulty I think is that a lot of people's nine to five is so draining that once the work finished, you're just like. I need to go home mm-hmm. and watch something, mm-hmm. a film, just to get me through to, till tomorrow. And I think that's where probably some yeah. of the... So how, how have you seen some people navigate it and all the guests you've had on your podcast? How have you had people navigate that sort of managing different things when the one thing they do is actually quite tasking? I think it's, it's two different ways, right? I think the way that some people do it, that again, if, you, if it's very draining, I think this is just for a certain type of person. But they, you know, people say like they had the nine to five and they work five to nine on their side hustle. That is for a certain type of person, I think, who has that, not, I wouldn't even call it drive. They just have the extra energy. Even when they're tired from their job, they have the extra energy to say, right, I need four hours on my side hustle, three hours on my side hustle yeah. after work. I think that's a lot. And I don't necessarily think that's always attainable for many people. So what I've seen other people do is they dedicate one day a week to their side hustle. Typically a weekend, it might be right, Three hours on Saturday in the morning, I'm gonna focus on my side hustle. I'm gonna do surveys. I'm gonna go on Fiverr and list up my services. I'm gonna do some proofreading. Whatever you're, whatever you've chosen to do. Yeah. Three hours on Saturday is when I do it. Now I've got the rest of my Saturday. I can still go out with my friends in the afternoon and spend the evening. Sunday is all mine. Yeah. But now you've you've allocated that time to my extra income generation that that's what you're doing yeah and i think once you have that you're now like okay cool it fits into my schedule it's it shouldn't be too much that you feel overwhelmed so you find a time where you're not gonna feel overwhelmed it's just kind of like okay cool pull up my laptop and i'm gonna do this or do whatever your side hustle is but now you know for a fact you're gonna generate some extra income in that space of time yeah i think that's, that's probably the, the most achievable way to do it and i think it must that's such a good one and i think it must be done that way because yeah. i think if you do the whole i'll oh, just do it over the week you know, you end up not doing it at all so having that specific time i think is great. It is crazy though. I think if people take some time to just sit down and think, there's probably a lot of ways. Like, you know, I heard today like Airbnb, there's actually places where if you have a home office, for instance, they don't really use that much. You can actually rent it out as like mm. a home office and someone can use it. Like, you know, I didn't know that was a thing, but that, yeah. that's a that's a potential way to, the spare room if you have like a two bed, you live alone. Like there's, I mean, th- those are kind of obvious ways, I suppose. But then there's like, if you just learn a skill, like if you literally like, I know we're saying our fair, we're kidding, but you do sing. From what from what from what you've told me, yes, right? Sing, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so, have you thought about monetizing that? Doing some weddings, some bar mitzvahs? Oh, I don't um, know. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I could, I could do it, but you said you'll set the money. <laughs> to, use, to, to, to use your phrase, that's a chunk of change. That you're, you're... A chunk of change, <laughs> chunk of change. No, well, I, but I think even just highlighting that, it just shows that there's different things. Yeah. That you can monetize. Like when I was in university, I taught myself how to illustrate, and I used to do that for people. So I used to charge people tell me I want this illustrated I want like a portrait of someone illustrated and I'd do it so you can you, you can sketch you can draw yeah wow but like, I taught myself a lot of different skills because I was like <laughs> by hook or by crook I'm gonna make money <laughs> I said, I said, I'm gonna so be interesting. we're similar but different in that every skill so I do a lot of random stuff as well but but everything I learned wasn't even to make money it was because I tried to I tried to get someone to do it 
then they were to charge me yeah, and I was like yeah I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn I'm gonna, gonna learn, learn. <laughs> website yeah. making video yeah, yeah, videography I was like I'll learn it yeah. and I can't lie the website stuff was very that's difficult hard. That's hard. very hard. difficult but I, I learned it I've built sites for other businesses mm-hmm. I've made money from it in fact I, I even thought one day should I start an agency but then I thought actually you're doing too much now like you know you've learned the skill yeah. you've saved lots of I've, I've saved I've saved every organisation I'm part of thousands of pounds mm-hmm. by being like I'll do it and so I haven't, you know, making money wasn't the impetus, but there are skills we can learn. Like, yes. And I think people can probably always be learning skills. Like, always. like what are you learning right now? Am I learning anything right now? I was learning to code not too long ago. Oh. Um, I've kind of put a pause on that. I've just had a lot of traveling going on. Um, but I was learning to code. But I think, yeah, like I said, there's, there's just so much that you can learn. And like, even when I was learning how to illustrate, because drawing is one thing, but illustrating on, I didn't, before I even had a tablet, I was doing it on like this trackpad on my laptop. Oh, wow. Very difficult. You're a professional. Well, the, the first piece I did, I remember I put it off on Twitter and I said, it, I did it on my trackpad. And I was like, what? I did it all, all colouring everything in my trackpad. Wow, is it still up? It should be still up on my trackpad. Yeah, yeah but it was, it was so, I don't know how I did it. It took me hours because obviously I didn't have the necessary equipment, but I was just learning. And what I would do is I'd come home from work, because I was at university, so I'd come home from studying working and I spend an hour or two watching a YouTube video and practicing practicing and sometimes I'd be going to bed at two in the morning and wake up at seven and I do this and I'd be so tired but I'd say to myself Kia one day you're not gonna have to do this anymore because you're gonna have the skill and you're gonna know it that's it and I haven't done it in years because like I said I've, I've learned the skill now so I don't need to go and spend hours into the morning learning yeah but that has given me a skill that now I can utilize when I started up my, my brand I was able to bring in some of my skills into doing this and now I've got people who help me with graphics but I'm able to say mm, actually we need to have that there and actually I'm going to redo that yeah there. you just know what you're doing exactly yeah that is the, the biggest upside and I guess this is particularly advice for entrepreneurs is you know I think whatever business you're starting one of the joys of starting it is you you do everything mm-hmm. but then what you should do is learn as much yes. as you possibly can yes. so when you have to delegate to elevate and all these things later on you you can't be messed around nope. like like there's no there's no part of what we do which is quite like we have three different companies all these random things that happen there's no part of it I don't know inside mm-hmm. out or I haven't done by myself. Mm-hmm. So when I meet somebody who's like, oh, that's going to cost 15K, I'm like, no, it's Mm-mm. not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm like, and you know, I'm not the guy you inflate the price for. Yeah. Like, I, I know the price, or I know what you're doing, or you know, when, you know, sometimes people will be like, to, <laughs> I've seen editors tell companies like, they're like, oh, could you edit this thing for me? And the person's like, yeah, yeah, and they're like, okay, could you edit this episode as well? It's literally the same one, and they're like, oh, that's gonna take an extra two weeks. That, and the person's like, oh, really? How much is gonna cost? And they did double the price. Yeah, and I'm just watching them like, it's gonna take. He's gonna do it at the same time. Yep. Because it's gonna it's gonna exactly replicate the, the assets yeah, and do the exactly. same thing, but they don't know, so they're just yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah. I get seven hundred pounds, and I guess, and you're just there, like, no chance. That is a tax on ignorance, yeah. right there. Like 100%. you've got to know what you're, what's going on, so you can't get taken advantage yeah. of. And so that's that's a kind of I guess an added benefit that that we have, I suppose, from just learning lots of different things. And it's why people should be just always upskilling because you never know when you'll need to know that that doesn't... Co- I've heard people pay like £15,000 for a site that literally lists their services. That's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? And they're just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how much the agency said. And I'm like, yeah, is it multifunctional? They're like, yeah. no, it's just it just says what we do and a bit about us. Yeah. I said that. You know, you can, you can do that for free. You could, you could do that. You, you could input information and it'll populate it for you. <laughs> I said what? <laughs> On a free plan, it'll populate so it for I you. So I do not know. 
Yeah. But here's an exciting thing. Okay. So AI is all the rage. It is. So we're like, you know what? Let's let's get AI to ask Kia some questions. Yes. So I the prompt I gave AI was give me a scenario, give me four scenarios that I I would ask a personal finance expert okay. to talk to to kind of and what they would say and stuff okay. like that. So I'm not sure if it's hard. I think some of them were, I was a bit like, that's a bit easy, but, okay, go but on. We'll, we'll give it to you anyways. We'll see. Go on. Here's the first one. Go on. Okay, here we go. I reached this sense. This, this feels so gimmicky. Oh, <laughs> go on. AI takes on a personal finance <laughs> expert. <laughs> Sorry, I just, that's my inner monologue. Anyways, I recently received a significant bonus at work. Yes. Should I invest the entire amount or use it to pay off my existing debts? Mm. That's an interesting one because there are, Depending on who you speak to, bearing in mind this is not financial advice, I just want to just preface that. So please do whatever you feel like doing. But depending on who you speak to, some people will say 100% invest it. You know, think about the long-term gains, all of that. And other people will say, well, you've got debts. You shouldn't even think about investing. I think there's a happy medium in, in, in the two. Uh, that's, that's where I say I think there's a happy medium. I think if you've got a big sum of money, a lump sum, that you don't need, right? And the reason I said you don't need it is because if you could survive without that lump sum, then it's just extra money that you should figure out what you're gonna do with. You don't need it for your lifestyle. You can do something with it. So I sit on the fence with that one. I think what I would say to that is whatever debts you have, assess those debts. So the reason I say this is because not all debts need to be paid off straight, straight away. So when I say this, you might have a credit card and you have a thousand pounds on it, right? but that credit card is 0% interest for 12 months and you've had it for two months. So now you've got this lump sum of money. I mean, you could put it on that credit card, but if you if it's not adding any extra interest on top of that balance and you're still paying it off, you know, in chunks every month, do you really take a big chunk of that money to pay it off? Hey there, just want to say thank you for listening or for watching uh, this podcast. Uh, we have a great desire to grow this podcast. And one of the ways we're going to do that is if you listening, uh, follow, or if you are watching, you subscribe to the podcast. The faster it grows, um, the more guests we can get, but also the better the podcast guests. So please just do me a favor, hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Um, back to the episode. Maybe not, you've got 10 months to pay it off, so you can just figure out your payment plan that way. So you, maybe you put some in savings to help pay, you know, use that to contribute towards it. But if you have a high interest debt, so you've got, you know, credit card out and it's like 49.9%. That's ridiculously high. Maybe you'll say, I've got this. Mm. I'm going to throw it at that because this is costing me so much more every month. I'm just going to go and clear that debt. If you have anything left over or you want to go half, half, you're like, okay, cool. I can put part of it there. and I've still got half that money left over. Then you might want to look to invest it. And investing comes in different streams. Typically when people say investing, they think invest in stocks and shares or invest in some sort of um, investment fund or something like that. But you can invest in yourself. You could say, you know what? There's one course I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do this one course to kind of better myself and, or I wanted to do this one course so when I, you know, when I go to my job, I can actually ask for a high salary because I've got this extra skill now. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, I do think it's worthwhile investing. Or if you want to put money into, you know, um, into the stock market, you can do that. But I think there is a happy medium that we need to track. Got I, you. I, I don't think it's always one way or the other. I think you hmm. can do a happy medium. So you're, you're, you're in the middle of I'm that in the one. Middle. Okay, here's the second one. I'm considering starting a business, mm -hmm. but I'm unsure about the financial risks involved. Mm -hmm. What key factors should I consider before taking the leap? Oh, good question. You should consider the legal 
route that you're gonna take with your business. So your business that you're gonna set up, is it gonna be you alone? Is it you and someone else? Is it you and a couple of other people? So you're gonna be a sole trader, limited company, partnership, what, what does that look like? Because each one of those have their pros and cons. They have their um, liabilities when it comes to you financially. So, you know, a limited company is just that. If, if something goes wrong, a company goes bust, you're only liable for whatever you put in. Sole traders have unlimited liability. So if someone comes and sues you versus suing a, uh, you know, a limited company, limited companies just say, well, I put in a grand, I'm, I'm done for a grand. Sole trader, you're unlimited liability. So whatever you're getting sued for, you're gonna have to find that money. And some people have to sell houses, sell assets to be able to cover that cost. So there, there's lots of pros and cons. That's not to scare people to be, not be sole trader. It's just weighing up what's gonna work for you because yeah. sole trader have other benefits compared to uh, you know, a limited company, compared to a partnership. So I think number one is figuring out what legal route am I gonna go down? Number two is figuring out what, how are you gonna generate your income? Mm. What does that look like for you? Is it, you're gonna be selling your service. So is it you doing a service? Are you selling products? What does that look like? Because you need to understand how your money is gonna be coming in. How regular is it? Are you gonna to have to rely on some sort of financial float where you might have to get a business credit card or business loan to cover you? You know, sometimes people sell products and you have to pay suppliers upfront before you've got the money for the products that you sold. What does that look like? So I think it is, once you understand what route you're gonna go down with your business and how you're gonna generate your income, then you can assess the cash flow that you need. Yeah. I think it's always advantageous if you can. I know a lot of people wanna take the plunge and say, right, I'm gonna leave my job and I'm gonna do whatever I'm doing full time without properly planning what that looks like. When I left my job to start my business, I had six months worth of savings saved up. So I gave myself six months and say, right, if things don't take off in that time, I'll go back and get another job and make sure I've got income coming in. Because the likelihood is, the first year, even the first two years, you might not make any money. So have you got a financial plan for that? Your business may generate zero pounds. Yeah. How are you going to stay afloat? Because if you're relying on your business income and you're making none, are you going to be in debt now? Have you got some sort of savings to fall back on? Have you got another method of bringing in income? Which is mm. why people often stay in a job until they're, they're making a good amount of money from their business. I think all of that is a consideration you have to make. This third one's, I think, quite tough. Okay, you ready? Go I'm in my 40s. I haven't started saving for retirement yet. What steps can I take to catch up on my retirement savings and ensure a comfortable future? That is a tough one. What I will say is there are calculators online that will tell you how much you need to have to be comfortable in your savings pot, right? So that, that goalpost moves every year because the retirement age moves back and you know cost of living increases. So that goalpost always moves. But if you're starting at 40 or in your 40s, it's gonna be a lot more. Typically, what's recommended is whatever your age is, you half it, and that's the recommended percentage that you should be putting in from your income into your pension pot, right? So if you're 30, you should be contrib contributing about 15% of your income into your pension pot. So if you're 40, it's gonna be around 20%. So it's gonna be a lot more than if you started earlier. But it's not to be all and end all, because you can still get started. Yeah. But I think, in that way, you've got to think of alternative methods now to figure out, right, I've got to contribute more into my pension pot, but maybe you can't contribute 20%. Maybe that is just, just not feasible. It's just so much money I can't do without. So I can only contribute 10%. So now how else am I gonna make sure that I have extra income? Have I got an asset? Maybe you've really got a property. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. I can rely on this 
maybe I'm going to sell it and downsize when I get to retirement age so I can take that money, but just figuring out what that looks like. And I think people will be surprised about how much money you actually need for retirement. Because when I ask people, they're like, oh, 50K, 100K, maybe that'll be enough. Realistically, it's like 500K plus if you wanna have a comfortable retirement. As in, you don't need to work. You don't need to worry about finances. It's 500K plus. <laughs> So, so we should have given another trigger warning. Yeah, I know, I should have, I should have. So knowing that tells you that, okay, cool. I've actually got to make sure that I've got a plan for my retirement. Um, but what, what I say, it's not the end of the world. It just means that you're gonna to have to contribute a lot more and have to get the money a lot quicker than people who start in their 20s. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's, that's so helpful. Okay, here's the last one that, chat GPT gave you go on it says I'm a recent college graduate with a student loan debt what strategies can I employ to efficiently pay off my loans whilst building a strong financial strong financial foundation so I think chat GPT is interesting because I know that this is this is more pertinent to other countries like the US yeah in the UK I know people talk about student loans and I see sometimes people share screenshots like oh my gosh my student loan debt is so high I think calling it a student loan is a bit deceptive. I prefer to see it as a student tax. Like a graduate tax almost. It's a graduate tax. Yeah. You know, you've gone to study and the whole aim of the student loan is that you've gone, you spent money four, five, seven years, however long you spent in university. Yeah. And the aim is hopefully that your degree has got you to a point where you earn a lot of money yeah. and you'll contribute that back into pay- repaying that loan. Um, whether that's like 9% you're paying back from your income, right? And if you're not earning enough, so if you're earning under the threshold, which always moves, I can't remember, it's like 27K or 25K, I can't remember what the number is yeah. exactly. I know they're moving it down. Yeah, so, but if you earn less than that, then you don't pay anything back. If you earn more, you pay back percentages, whatever's above that amount. So I think worrying about trying to pay it off early, I don't necessarily think you should do because that gets taken out with respect to how much you earn. And after 30 years, it gets wiped off. I think, I, I know for, for new graduates, it's moving to actually 40 years it gets wiped off. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, you know it's gonna get wiped off. So I don't think it's as much pressure for us in the UK to figure out, oh, I've got 40 grand in debt. I've got to try and pay off student loan. You'll pay it off as and when you earn the income that will come out of your, you know, out of your earnings. And if you don't, then you don't. That It's just a student, it's a graduate tax. That's yeah. what it is. So I think I would say, don't worry about it. You can log in and humor yourself and see what <laughs> grands and grands and grands you owe. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, okay. It's so interesting to me how like, so many people are like, no, just don't plan to pay off. They're just like, mm, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's nice. You know, you yeah. know hopefully you guys get it one day. Yeah, and it's hopefully. Like... <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. People who are on the highest end of their earnings will probably pay it back in their lifetime. But that means that, it, it's done what it needs to do. You know, yeah. you went to university, you got your degree, you're earning well enough to pay this back. Yeah. And it all works like that. So I don't think you should worry about it. That's what I say. Well, you've took on chat GPT and you've answered the four scenarios. <laughs> um, honestly, I think, you know, again, it goes without saying that what you're doing is so brilliant, Thank especially you. just because, as you said, in this sort of finance, you know, world or sort of uh, personal finance world, we just don't see a lot of people that look like us. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so important. Um, to, to to have representation. And I, I know th- growing up, I didn't think represent- representation was that important. It's as I got older and I started speaking to young people and engaging them, I'm like, wow, just me being here is actually a really big win. Yeah. Even before I open my mouth, just yeah. someone seeing it and being like, oh, wow, like I should be thinking about this. This is important. This is possible. It's really, um, it's really, really cool. Um, I do want you to talk about your platform because it seems as though it's become 
more than just like you giving advice here and there. Yeah. There's a whole sort of, there's more going on, isn't there? So yeah. what, what is the pennies, pennies to, uh, oh my God, I forgot, pennies to pounds? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking about the catchphrase. <laughs> um, what is that platform and sort of what are your hopes for it as it develops and grows? So as it develops and grows, my hope is that pennies to pounds will be the hub for people, but especially young people to understand it finances, hopefully in an easy to understand and jargon free manner. So it started off as just a podcast back in 2019 and now we're a full fledged platform. We just almost fully redone our website. Now we've got a fresh look. I, um, I hope you didn't pay too much for that website. I didn't pay too much, <laughs> not what we were saying. But I've, you know, we've got a fresh look on the website. So it's essentially the aim is that you can come to Penny's Pounds on any platform and hopefully you can take away some gems and some nuggets to understand your finances and action it as well Yeah. with regards to your finances. So yeah, we've got all the social channels. We've got YouTube with the podcast. Um, we've got the website. We're going to go back to doing events in person. So it's going to be this all round a platform that w however you consume your content, however you prefer to take in your content, that is there for you. So that is pretty much Penny Spam. Amazing. And I'm so excited Thank to you. watch it grow. Thank I'm you. I'm a I'm a hawk for these things. I'll be watching just to now <laughs> now that it's on my radar and it's like, you know, I know exactly what it is. Um there's probably I mean off air we'll talk about some other opportunities, I think. Yes. Uh, this is so weird. Why am I announcing this on the podcast? <laughs> we shall be having further meetings to explore opportunities. <laughs> but thanks for being part of this. This was really good. Thank you for having me, honestly. This has been great.